take your Bible with me, and let's turn to Luke. Turn to Luke 22. We're going to talk tonight, preach tonight on this subject of don't be sifted. Don't be sifted. Luke chapter 22. There's a recent um, study that was done by Lifeway. They do some studies uh, and do surveys and stuff. A recent one, 2017 uh, survey. It was of uh, young people, uh, young adults. It was given to young adults, ages 23 to 30 or something like that. Um, and just a random test. And the study showed this. And this is, this is a telling statistic. And I'm sure you've heard something similar to this before. But the study was... Um, it showed this. It said that two-thirds of American young adults that said they regularly attended church as a teenager had left church for at least one year between the ages of 18 and 22. Two-thirds. 66% of the people, of the young people, teenagers, that regularly attended church left church completely, dropped out of church for at least a year um, while they were in college. Um, and why is that? I, I try to think, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I think, well, we're better than that. You know, that's what I, I like to think that way, <laughs> you know. Our church is not like those churches. That's, that's those liberal churches. That's the Protestant churches. And I go back and I think through our teen group and I think through those that have been to camp with us and I think through those kind of things and it's sad. I think of a lot of them that have dropped out. You know, and the Bible tells us something about this. It tells us something about Satan's desire for you. Uh, look at our verses here in Luke chapter 22. Jesus is speaking here. This is, the lo this is the last supper, right? This is the time right before Jesus is to be crucified. Uh, he is literally about to go out the door and they're about to come into the garden and take him to the cross, all right? That's where he's at. Uh, so this is sort of his last time with these disciples. And he looks at Peter. In chapter 22 and verse 31, he says this. He said, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And he said, this is Peter's response, and, and he said unto him, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both to, in a prison and to death. And he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall crow, not crow this day, before thou hast thrice denied that thou knowest me. So tonight, we're going to talk about this subject of don't be sifted. Don't be sifted. My desire was to have one of those little sifters. Y'all know what those little sifters with the thing that cranks? I looked for those everywhere. I guess they don't sell them anymore. So this is what we got, all right? So it's a sifter. You know what I'm saying? All right, so the idea of, uh, the, the, the message tonight is on this subject of don't be sifted. Don't be sifted. Let's pray. Lord, we do love you. God, we thank you for these seniors. God, we thank you for the good testimony, the good singing. Uh, Lord, thank you for the uh, good testimony of Brother Vinny. Lord, we thank you for these, these memories, these pictures that we can look back on. But Lord, we're coming to this time, God, where we're going to take your word. And God, we pray that this will be an encouragement. Lord, may it be a warning, may it be an edification uh, to these young people, and Lord, to all of us. God, we know that Satan has a, a desire to have us, and Lord, we pray that you would help us to be on guard, help us not to fall, help our faith not to fail, dear Lord. We want to we see these young people serve you, Lord. I, I'm so grateful for their desire to be involved already, and Lord, we pray that Satan wouldn't sift them, uh, but God, they would continue to serve you with their life. Uh, Lord, pray that you give us in these few minutes, give us your word, uh, may it convict our hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So we'll look at three things. First thing we're going to look at is Satan's plot. Satan's plot. Look at verse number 31. The Bible says in, in, in verse 31 that uh, Jesus said this. He said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. You know, we talk a lot about the will of God, and it's important. You know, we talk a lot about, about God's will for your life. But do you know this, that Satan has a plan for your life too? Did you realize that? It, it tells us right here in this verse that he is our enemy. He is out to get us. You know this, Satan wants to, listen, young people, Satan wants to destroy your life. Hey, you know, Jesus wants to give you the abundant life. He wants to destroy your life. Hey, you know, Satan wants to deceive you. He wants to keep you in bondage. The, the devil's going to lie to you like that. He's going to say, this is what freedom is, but that's really bondage. But Jesus comes that you might be, uh, you might know the truth and that the truth will set you free. Uh, and so Satan is our enemy. He has a, he has a plan. He has a plot. He has a desire for your life. And we're going to see that. We're just going to see in this verse, we're going to see the enemy's desire. Notice what it said in verse 31. It says, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you. Notice what that is. Satan wants you. You are his obsession. You are what he is after. It says, Satan hath desired to have you. Have you thought about that? He's out to get you. He is out to have you. You know, he wants everything good in your life to be gone. He, he knows you're supposed to be a child of God, and his desire is to have everything good God has, and he wants you. The Bible says, Satan hath desired to have you. And notice this. It's not just about you that he wants. Notice what he wants you. Notice the object of in verse number 32, he says, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. You know what his object is? It's not your health. But sometimes we think that. We think, well, well, Satan's after my health. And maybe he does come and take your health. Satan might do that. He did that with Job, right? Maybe you think, well, Satan's after my wealth. He's after my happiness. He's after my family. He's after this or he's after that. But you know what it ultimately comes down to? You know what Satan is really after in your life? through all the, the temptations and the trials that he might throw your way, you know what he's after? It's your faith. It's your faith. And when it all boils down, when everything is gone, that's what really matters is your faith. Hey, you might have temptations that you have to face. You might have some hardships that you have to face. The devil might come with some, some, some awful circumstances like this senior year. Maybe we think that's been horrible. And all of these things. But you know what he's after? It's your faith. It's your faith. And the Bible says here, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you. That's the enemy's plan. That's his plot. That's his desire. He, he desires to have you. Um, but notice our enemy's device. What device does he use? And here's, here's where you get your, get your little sifter out, all right? This is where you have it. Notice what he says there. Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. That he may sift you as wheat. Now, this, this word sift here, it means to agitate or to shake. Um, you know, I, what I wanted to do, and I thought I'd get in trouble for this, I was wanting to get some flour and have something like, you know, something valuable in the flour and have it up here and sift it out like this, you know. And, but I thought Miss Tria would kill me because she'd have to clean the carpet later and I was, I'd get in trouble, Dad would get on to me, you know. I thought, that would be great. Uh, but that was a bad idea. Uh, but that's the, that's the idea of this, this idea of sift here. What they would do in, in, in that, that time was they would get the wheat and they would beat it. You know, that hap that, sometimes I feel like that happened in your life that, that you get beat up, you know. They would beat it and then they would take it on these big sheets or these big fans and they would throw it up into the air and let the wind agitate it. The wind would drive it away. And you know what would be left? What was valuable? The wheat. That was the point of it. And you know what Satan is trying to do? Satan is trying to sift you. Hey, he's trying to get rid of everything good 
in your life. He's trying to take everything away. He's trying to see if there's anything valuable, anything real in you. You know, you've been brought up in a good Christian home. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, you, you, you've had people that have helped you in the faith and all of those things. And some of you are about to go out to college and maybe get off on your own and start a career and be outside of the home and some of these kinds of things that you're going to do. And you know what Satan's going to do? He's going to sift you. And he's going to see if it was real. A lot of, I've seen a lot of teenagers say, oh, you know, make a decision at camp or, I, I, you know, I said this prayer or I came down and dedicated my life here. But when Satan starts sifting, there's nothing there. It's just all gone. That's what his desire for you is. Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you and see if there's any real faith in you. I believe in your faith. Can I just say that up front? I believe in each one of y'all. I believe you have true faith. But Satan's going to, he's going to test it. These college years, he's going to try it. Hey, these college years, he's going to see if that was real or not, that, that profession that you made, that calling that you have. He's going to sift you. He's going to agitate you. You know, what does the devil use to sift us? Um, I think in this passage, uh, one thing he uses is fear. Uh, he, he'll use fear to, to sift. That's what we see happen in this example, this illustration with Peter, right? What happened to Peter? Peter says, I'm not going to deny you, but he got out and he got in a crowd. And he, uh, now listen, we, we, may, we say Peter was horrible and all this kind of stuff. This is the life and death stuff going on in Peter's life right here. Do you realize what they were doing to Jesus whenever, whenever he was denying him? You know what they were doing? They were, they were plucking his beard. They were beating him in the face. They were about to nail him to a cross and pierce his side. That's what they were about to do to Jesus. And we say, I can't believe Peter would deny the Lord. Well, let me tell you, how many of you would stand up knowing that might be your fate, right? And so the, the, that, that's what, sometimes the devil will use that. Hey, you know, when you get to college, am I going to be the oddball? Am I going to be the weirdo? Hey, if, when, when, when I go off to, uh, to my workplace and, and I'm the only Christian there and everybody else is cussing and doing all these things, uh, are you going to be willing to, to, uh, to stand up for the Lord? Are you going to deny the Lord? He uses fear. And that's what this context is. But I thought of some other things that, that the devil uses to sift us. Uh, you know, he can use education. Some of you are about to go off to college uh, and get some education. And let me just tell you, I'm not against education. I'm for education. I think that's a good thing. You know, when it, when it comes to math and, and, and to reading and writing, those are great. History, as long as it's true, real history and not, you know, revisioned. But anyway, um, I'm for that. That's great. Uh, but a lot of times, these colleges, are not, that's not all they're about. Hey, there's, there's a philosophy they're trying to teach. They're trying to teach a secularism, a worldliness. Uh, they're trying to teach a humanism. Uh, that there is no God and that, that that's antiquated stuff and that Bible thing you read, that's crazy, that's, that's old, you know, what are they talking about in that? Uh, no, that's, that's not true. Hey, but let me tell you something, uh, the devil will try and use that, but don't, don't allow education to sift you from the truth of God's word. This is truth. This is where you need to find truth. The Bible says, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. This junk they teach you in college that, that, that you have, you know, you make your own decision. You decide what's right and wrong and what's moral and immoral. No, no, no. The Bible tells us what's moral and immoral. The Bible tells us what is right and wrong. The Bible tells us what is true and not true. Let me give you a verse right quick on this one because y'all looking at me a little funny. Maybe it's just the mask. I don't know. Col Colossians chapter 3. Look at that. Look at verse number 6. Colossians 3 verse 6. It says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Man, isn't that a wonderful verse for our graduates today? Oh, let's read that one again. Graduates, I'm let you get in your new Bible. I know they're hard to get the pages turned in, right? So let's get there. Colossians 3, 6. Look at it. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Hey, stay with the stuff you learned in a good, godly, independent Baptist church that teaches the Bible. Can I just say that that way? Stay with it. Notice what it says. Verse 7. 
rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. You're about to go off to college, they're going to try to tell you something else. Look at verse 8. Beware. You see that? Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of man, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Let me tell you, when you get in that college class, you get in that, they're trying to educate you and enlighten you. You know, that's what they're trying to do, enlighten you and make you, make you more worldly. Hey, you just, you just stay with Jesus. You, you stay rooted in him. That's where you need to find your truth. That's where you need to be, uh, be, find, find uh, your relevance is in Jesus Christ. They're going to try and tell you, this is going to be shorter than this. They're going to try and tell, they're going to try and tell you that it's okay to go against God's plan for marriage. Stay, in the, stay, stay with the Bible. They're going to try and tell you that it's okay uh, to, to not recognize uh, that, that life starts at conception. That's, that's a woman's choice. That's what they're going to try and tell you. Reproductive choice or something. I don't know how they say it nowadays. Let me tell you something. That's not what the Bible says. Thou shalt not kill. That's what the Bible says. That's not antiquated. That's God's word. All right, and so we need to stay with the Bible. So education. Number, number three here, relationships. Relationships. The devil might use relationships to sift you. I've seen all of these happen in, in teenagers that have come through our youth group, okay? I'm just going to say it that way. I've seen all this happen. I've seen some get an education, and all of a sudden, they're too smart. They, they, they know better than that old pastor that was up there preaching God's word. You know, they know better than that. And, and I, I've seen this. They get out there. And some boy comes along, some girl comes along, and that relationship gets them out of church. It's more important to them than God and what God's will for their life is, and they're sifted, and they're sifted. Uh, you know, I, I won't have, we won't take the time to look at it, but maybe you can write it down, but Matthew chapter 10, verse 36 through 38, it says that if you love your brother or sister or mother or father more than me, you're not worthy of me. Hey, it says it even stronger in Luke chapter 14. He says, if you don't hate your brother and sister and mother and all these people, more than, uh, if you don't hate them, um, that you're not worthy of me. Now, what is Jesus saying? He's not saying to hate your parents. He's not saying to hate your, your, your friends or family or your boyfriend or any of those things. He's saying, put the Lord first. Love him above, supremely above all else. Because uh, Satan's out to sift you with relationships. Hey, even sometimes well-meaning people can, can, can sift you from God's will for your life. Listen, follow God first. Follow God first. A career, a career, sometimes a career can sift you from serving the Lord. Uh, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. They get a job. And I'm for working. Man, I'm for hard working. Man, who was it I was talking to, talking about uh, people making them work when they were a kid? I don't know who that was. Anyway, somebody talking about it today. I thought it was today. Maybe, I don't know, my mind's going. Uh, but I, that's what I told him. I was like, yeah, my dad, if there's one thing, he, he, made, he made me work. You know, I mean, I learned that. And I'm all for it. I think working's great. You know, I mean, you need to do it. But when you get a career that comes before God, before your local church, there's something wrong there. Satan trying to sift you. But Brother Jason, you don't understand. I've got to have a car. And, 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 and they make me work on Sundays and Wednesdays, and I can't help it. I've got to have a car. Well, I'd rather you walk. Can I just be honest with you? I'd rather you walk and be faithful to God's house uh, than have a car and, and, and miss every Sunday and Wednesday. I mean, it's not that important right now that you have to miss every Sunday and Wednesday. Be faithful. Be faithful. 
Hey, don't put career, don't put what you want with your life above what God wants with your life because that's Satan out there sifting you. It's basically what it comes down to. You can look at the rich young ruler in Luke chapter 18. He, he, why did he go away unhappy when he, when he went to Jesus? Because he, he had much possessions, he had much wealth, and that's what he was living for. Uh, you can look at some other places too. But number five here, basically this is what it boils down to. Love of the world. That's what the devil's going to use to sift you. You know, in, in John, 1 John chapter 2, he, John said it like this. He said, love not the world, neither things in the world. You may love the world, love the Father is not any. Hey, it goes on to say that it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's what the devil's trying to do to sift you. He's going to get you in love with this world. And basically, it's this. It's basically being in love with yourself more than in love with God. And Satan's trying to sift you. You know, he goes on to say in John, uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 17, he says, all those things are going to pass away, but he that does the will of God will last forever. You know, a good example of this is Demas. You find Demas in, 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 in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. It says that Demas hath forsaken me. He got sifted. The devil got him. You know how he did it? Having loved this present world. Don't love the world more than God. That's Satan out there with his sifter trying to sift you. Don't love the world more than God. So we got this Satan's plot. Satan is out to get us. Would you all agree with that? He is. How are we going to do it? How are we going to make it? Well, we need some encouragement in this thing, don't we? It sounded kind of bleak. Hey, man. So what are we going to do? Well, we're going to go to the Savior's Prayer. Notice this. This is what got me in this passage. Notice the next verse. Is y'all, do y'all have a red letter edition? Anybody in here have a red letter edition? Who's, who's, who's talking in this next verse? It's Jesus. What does he say? But I have prayed for thee. Isn't that awesome? Man, I had this little Bible that I used to take to, to college with me when I was in college. It has been 20 years ago. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, and it's a little bitty carry Bible. It's sort of like what I would get, used to give to the teens so they could carry to college with them. And then a brother, a brother Al was doing his devotion the other day. And I was really paying attention, Brother Al was. But I prayed that morning for God to give me something. And, and I opened this Bible, and it, I don't even know where I, it just opened. And, and I don't have anything hi- highlighted or anything underlined in this whole Bible, hardly, but this one phrase. But I have prayed for thee. Man, I thought about that. Isn't that awesome? That Jesus, Jesus, hey, Satan's out there to sift you. Satan's out there to, to, to cause your faith to fail. But Jesus is praying for you. He's praying for you. In this prayer, you see Jesus' compassion and his care. Notice what he said. He said in the first part of this, this verse 31, he said, Simon, Simon. Hey, can't you just hear the, the love and compassion in Jesus when he says that? Simon, Simon. Simon, Simon. Hey, you know, Jesus had done this before. Martha was, was uh, one of, the, of his friends, and she was cumbered about with, with much work, and Mary's sitting there beside Jesus. Martha's getting all upset and anxious. Any Martha's in here, I'm one. You know, and she's getting all upset and anxious, and Jesus looks at her, and he says, Martha, Martha, calm down. Calm down. It's okay. Can you, can you feel the love, the compassion when he says that? Um, you know, Jesus did this over the city of Jerusalem. Jesus loved Jerusalem. Jesus loved the city. And he looks out over the city. And, and they about, this is about the time that, that, that he knows what they're going to do. He knows they're going to kill him. He knows that. And he looks out over the city. He says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I would have gathered you in. Like a, like a, like a hen gathers, gathers her chicks, I would have gathered you in. 
but you wouldn't turn to me. Can you hear the compassion? Can you hear the love in his voice? The care? And then he goes on to say in the next verse, but I have prayed for thee. Why don't you think about all the people that have prayed for you over the years? Bailey, Rebecca, Wesleyana. Man, I know your parents have prayed for you. I imagine they prayed for you before you were born. I know y'all prayed years for Bailey before she was born, didn't you? Uh, I imagine that you prayed for them as they were a child, that they would be healthy. I imagine you prayed for them that they would be saved at an early age. I mean, I, I know you care about their spiritual well-being. I, I mean, you've prayed for them, right? I know your pastor's prayed for you. I've prayed for you. I know Brother Vinny's prayed for you. And that's great. But don't you think about this. What does it say here? Jesus has prayed for you. Man, isn't that enough reason for us to stay right? Isn't that enough reason for us not to, to get sifted as wheat? Isn't that enough reason for us to stay close to God? Because Jesus is praying. He cares for you. He is concerned for you. You know, think about Peter. He says this to Peter, but Peter, I prayed for thee. What is Peter just about to do? Does Jesus know what Peter's about to do? He does. Peter's about to go and deny him, say he doesn't even know him, but he's praying for him anyway. Isn't it wonderful to know that no matter what, Jesus is praying for you. He loves you. He cares for you. He has compassion for you. In this prayer also, we see his caution. We see his caution. He says that Simon, Simon. Can you hear that warning in the voice? He, he said he cared, but he, uh, he's also warning. Any of y'all have a, a, a term when you know when you've done something wrong because your parents say your name a certain way? Anybody in here, you know? Jason Daniels. Oh, <laughs> did it now. <laughs> but I, I think it's sort of that way. He's getting his attention. Simon, Simon. Pay attention. I've got a warning for you. Jesus knows where he's going. Jesus knows what he's about to do. But he's grabbing his attention. Hey, listen to me. All of you are going to be tempted and tested in these next few years. You're going to be. That's, that's the age we live in, the age that you are, it's going to happen. But Jesus is warning you. He's telling you that Satan's out to, ha to have you. He's telling you that Satan's trying to sift you. He's warning you. Even knowing what Peter was going to do, he gave him every opportunity to not deny, to not forsake him. And let me tell you something. You've got God's word. You've been warned. You don't have to go down that path. You don't have to go down that path and learn, learn life's lesson the hard way. You can learn it God's way. He's taught you in his word. And he is warning you tonight. Don't let Satan sift you. Notice his concern. What is his concern in his prayer? We'll do this quickly. Look at what Jesus says. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. He, he was concerned for his faith. Notice he wasn't concerned for his health. He wasn't concerned for his wealth or popularity. That's what we're often concerned about. That's what we often pray for, right? But what is Jesus ultimately praying for for Peter? He knows Peter's going to be, uh, 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 he's going to be tempted. He knows that Peter's going to go down uh, and eventually be um, crucified upside down. He knows all that stuff's going to happen. But he's really not so concerned about that as he's concerned about his faith. He's concerned about his faith. And that's what Jesus is concerned about. He's concerned about your faith. Your health may go. Your wealth may go. You might not be the most popular girl or most popular guy at work or in school or whatever you do, but is, Jesus is concerned for your faith. That's the most important aspect of your life. It doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't, is not concerned for your health. We pray for those things. It doesn't mean that Jesus is not concerned for your career. We, we know he is. But ultimately, what is he concerned about? That your faith doesn't fail. That your faith doesn't fail. Your faith, your fellowship. The second thing he's concerned about is your fellowship. Notice what it says. It says, 
And when thou art converted, that word converted there, it, it, it means, it, it's not what we're thinking of about salvation. It's talking about being turned, to be changed. Uh, it, it means to be recovered. And he knows that Peter's about to fail. He knows that Peter's about to fall, but he knows he's not gonna ultimately fall. He's not gonna utterly fail. He, he knows that he will come back. And that's his desire is for this fellowship with him. Uh, he, he wants him to have that fellowship. The most important relationship that you have is the relationship you have with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the, you ought to have, you ought to desire to have a close fellowship with him. And that's what the devil's after. The devil's after, I know you're saved. I know you're born again. Uh, you all have each given a clear testimony of salvation, but the devil's going to come in. He's going to try and hurt that fellowship. He's going to try and hurt that closeness to God. And Jesus is praying that they will have fellowship once again with him. Can you imagine Jesus as, as that fellowship is broken? He can hear Peter denying him and it hurts him in his heart. But one day it's going to be reconciled. One day, it's going to be back together. And he's concerned for his fellowship. But notice thirdly, he's concerned for his influence. Notice what he says. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. You're here, listen, you're here for more than just yourself. This life is not all about you. You know, a lot of times in college, that's what they try and, you know, find what makes you happy. Uh, you know, go your own way. Find, follow your heart. The world is happening foolishness foolishness right it's not about you are you influencing others for Jesus can others follow you that's what he's concerned about he knows that Peter's going to be great one day he knows he knows Peter is going to he's, he's going to be a leader of this early church he knows Peter's going to preach on Pentecost and, and 3,000 people will be saved he knows that Peter's going to write two of the great books of the Bible and that's what he wants he wants you to realize that there's something more, there's something greater for you than just living for yourself. Hey, Satan's out to keep you from that, isn't he? Satan's out to sift you from that, isn't he? But Jesus has got a plan for your life. He wants you to strengthen the brethren. He wants you to feed others. So we see, we see um, our Savior's prayer. We saw Satan's plot, we see our Savior's prayer. But let's notice, and that's all we're done. Simon's pride. How do you respond to this? How does Peter respond to our Lord's warning. Now, we would like to think Peter would have heard this and he has said, Satan's out to get me. I better watch out. This is awful. You know, I, I, I'm in danger. That's what he should have done, right? What did he do? What was his response? And he said unto him, Lord, you're wrong. That's what he said. Look, Lord, I'm ready to go with thee both to prison and to death. Lord, no. You see his arrogant assertion here. You see, what, what does he say? He says, there's no way that's going to happen to me. And a lot of times I think that's what we're, we're saying, you know. No way that's going to happen to me. Brother Jason, I know you talk about these people get jobs and then things saying, you know, they're not in church and all this. That ain't going to happen to me. I know you talk about these people get a boyfriend, get a girlfriend, and, and they pull them out and they, they that ain't, that ain't going to happen to me. I know you talk about these people that, you know, they go to school and, and, and they, they got some, you know, professor they just fall in love with, they're the smartest person in all the world, and they enlighten me, and all of a sudden my parents are stupid, and that pastor, he's crazy, and, you know, all that stuff, and, but th that ain't going to happen to me. That's what Peter said. Peter said, hey, Judas, he's, Jesus, he's stealing, okay? That's the one. It ain't me. That other disciple guy over there, all he does is lay around all the time on Jesus, you know, John, that guy, and, not me, though, but it happened to Peter. And let me tell you something. 
it can happen to you. Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before fall. Haughty spirit before destruction. Hey, listen. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. Hey, take heed to this. Pay attention. We're all prone to think we're stronger than we are. Hey, we all think we can handle it. I can handle that internet. I can handle that, that job. I can handle that relationship. I can handle it. Peter thought he was, this was Peter's place of strength, his, his boldness, his faith. But what does he do? He denies the Lord. So we need to be careful to not have arrogance in our life. Now, lastly here, our Lord's affectionate answer. So we see his arrogant assertion. We see the Lord's er, uh, affectionate answer. How is this affectionate? Let me tell you. He's, Jesus said this, I tell thee, Peter, the croc shall crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. How is this compassionate? Jesus is basically prophesying that he's going to deny him, and he does. And so how is this compassionate? Well, what is it that turned Peter back to the Lord? We'll look at, at chapter 22. Look at verse number 61. Verse 60, Peter denied him. While he yet spake, the cock crew. Notice verse 61. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Can you see that? Can you see Jesus there getting beaten, about to die on the cross? And he looks at Peter, looks him in the eye. And what happened? What happened? And Peter remembered the word of the Lord. How he said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And what happened? Peter went out and wept bitterly. It was this, this was the start of his path back to the Lord. The word of the Lord. That Bible we gave you, it's important. You know, I, I hate it, and I hope it's not true. But some of you, you might fall away from the Lord. I hope that never happens. Man, Bailey, Rebecca, Wesley, Anna. Man, that would break my heart. It would. But it might happen. Let's just be honest. But you've been given a word. You've been given a word. Let me give you three things. You need to listen to God's word. Always listen to God's word. Hey, preaching. Listen to it. Uh, be, be faithful. Don't let things get you away from listening to God's Word. Take time each day to read God's Word. Listen to it. Love it. Hey, don't just, don't just hear it, but love it. Realize this is for you. This is for your good. This is what God's plans for you. Devil's got a plan for you, but God has got a plan for you. Listen to God's Word. Love God's Word. Live God's Word. Live it. Hey, don't, don't be one of these people. I went to Whitfield. I was, a, I was part of the teen group. No, live it in your daily life. Now, in John 21, we see that he is restored completely. He come, Jesus comes to Peter, and he says, lovest thou me more than these? And he says, Lord, thou know I love thee. And he, but you know what he says there? He says, feed my sheep. And it's about where, that's about where I feel like y'all are. You've been fed a long time. That's good. You stayed in your parents. They've, they've, they've influenced you. You've been under a good pastor and good youth pastor. Amen. Uh, no. <laughs> But it's time for you to start feeding some others. You know what, what, you know what I think is going to keep you, you, you in more than anything? It's when you start living this thing out in your life. It becomes real to you. you. You start serving others. You start teaching others. 
It's hard for Satan to sift you um, as we. It's time to simply stop being fed and start feeding others. All right, so the devil is, he is real. He's like a roaring lion, lion seeking whom he may devour. He's out to get you. He's attempting to sift you, to separate you from all that is good. He is tempting to separate you from God. He is tempting to separate you uh, from all the, the good that God has for your life. Don't let your faith fail. Let me give you two more verses, and this is it. Ephesians chapter 5, or Ephesians chapter 4. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. This, does this not sound like sifting in Ephesians 4, 14? Look at this. Ephesians 4, 14. That we henceforth be no more children. All of you, you're adults now. You're going to claim it that way, right, anyway. Your parents are not going to see you that way. We just saw those pictures of them holding you as a baby. So you don't, don't, you know, you're still a child to them. But it says, be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Doesn't that sound like sifting? But what does Paul end this book with? Vinny already read it. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And here's my admonition to you. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. May God help you, Anna, Bailey, Rebecca, Wesley. Be strong in the Lord. Satan's out to get you, but you don't have to. Hey, I believe, I really do. I believe there's something real in you. I believe there's real faith in you. I believe there's something the devil can't take away. But you need to stay close to the Lord. Don't let your faith fail. Don't let it be sifted. Let's pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. That's going to come and have our conclusion here in a minute. But let's have a word of prayer. How many can say here tonight, Brother Jason, I know without a doubt, give a little brief time of invitation, but I know without a doubt that I'm saved, been born again. I'm, I'm, I know I've been born again. I have faith, in, put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm saved. Would you raise your hand? You know that for sure. Pretty much everybody in here. Does anybody in here say, Brother Jason, be honest with you, I don't know. I, it scares me, the idea that the devil's out to get me. And I don't know that I'm saved. I don't know that I'm born again. Anybody in here could say that? How many say this, Brother Jason, I feel like I've been warned today. I feel like, feel like maybe I've been taking it too casual. I've, I've, not, I've not heeded this warning. And I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray for me that the Satan won't sift me, that my faith won't fail. Would you pray for me? Anybody in here? Pray for me. See that hand. Anybody else? See that. Anyone else? Praying the Lord. I don't, want, I don't want the Satan to sift me. Anybody? Dear Heavenly Father God, um, how we need this heat, this warning, Lord, may we heed it. Uh, dear God, we don't want to be sifted as wheat. Lord, we want to still have faith in you. Lord, even in these hard times, God, may it not sift us. Uh, Lord, I, I know of some people that seems like their faith is failing, but God, it doesn't have to. But we know our faith is not in us, not in our strength, but it's in you. And Lord, when we place our faith in you, it's a good place to have it. Uh, Lord, we pray that you just bless these seniors. God, we thank you for them. Lord, we pray that they wouldn't fail. Lord, we pray for their faith. We ask this in Jesus' name.